Thank we, you for joining us. We probably should go. Hi. Yeah. I know. I almost so. wanted to wear a bright color today because I felt like we were talking about such a hard and difficult and, and dark topic. Right. Um, and, you know, I actually told Shannon that I wanted to talk about this today. Mm -hmm. um, not because of Kate Spade or Anthony Bourdain, which, um, you know, a lot of people did feel like, what the heck happened? Yeah. But last weekend, a friend of mine committed suicide, um, which it's... You know, as someone who's never been clinically depressed or has ever had clinical depression, which I think a lot of people confuse with, oh, I've, I'm depressed or I'm not feeling good. It's very different, right? Yeah. When you are actually in this state of clinical yeah. depression. Right. Um, and so I, I think for me, for someone like me, it's just so hard to understand. Like, how do you get to that point? Especially someone that he was very successful um, he, you know, had a girlfriend that he lived with and he loved very much. And it just, it seems, and same with Kate Spade and with Anthony yeah. Bourdain, like they seem to have it all. Yes. You know, and yes. how did it get there? So the first thing I want to talk about, hi, Tina. Hi, Lori. Hi, hi Glenn. Glenn. The first thing I want to talk about is just what you just said, depression. We all have days where we're like, oh God, like I remember when it rained like three weeks in a row, I'm like, for <laughs> right. real? Not yeah. again. So we all have those moments. Mm -hmm. But a clinical depression is very different than feeling a little depressed or feeling depressed for the day. Mm -hmm. A clinical depression is in your brain and it changes your brain chemistry. Mm -hmm. So that people that are that are clinically depressed report things like, I feel hopeless and helpless and trapped. I see no way out to the way that I feel. Mm -hmm. The pain that I feel, I do not believe will ever go away, whether it's physical pain, whether it's emotional pain. And Sorry. the thing about depression, and I'll be honest, I've had a touch of it. It does run in my family. Mm -hmm. I've had this much compared to what people can go through. But the thing that got me, that made me go, whoa, is my thoughts were like dark. really dark and really scary. And they almost didn't feel like mine because yeah. I've always been a little bit of a Pollyanna, like, it's a beautiful day. Because that's what I was wondering. I was wondering, um, you know, when you're in it, yes. do you recognize that you're in it? Or do you think... Uh, this is just the world is really bad. Oftentimes you do not recognize when you're in it mm -hmm. to the degree that you're in it. Like I said, it runs in my family. So I have family members that have not been aware. Seasonal affective runs in my family, which is interesting, which is more, more the depression that hits October through March or April. Mm -hmm. And I have family members that have that and they are not aware oftentimes when it has landed on them. Mm -hmm. And so they'll start saying really negative, agitated thoughts of like this one family member. It's like always around Christmas time and it's like, what's the point? And I don't even want to do Christmas. And, and it's like, whoa and they don't even realize, realize that they're it. in that level of negativity and then the family members around them will be like hey think your depression's back they'll catch on maybe three months in where their family members will see it the first day like gosh yeah. why are you so negative but the point that i really want to make really really clear is this deep that depression changes your brain chemistry and so the thoughts that feel very real for you is that life is never gonna change. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna get better. I don't have any other options. I don't wanna be here. 
thoughts like, I hope that car crosses the center line and just kills me and then I don't have to worry about it anymore. That's like mild beginning levels of that severe depression. Like when you start thinking like passively, like, gosh, maybe I just won't wake up tomorrow. And then people get all the way to a point of, I'm going to do something so I don't wake up tomorrow because Suzanne will be better off without me. My children will be better off without me. These are the kinds of pervasive thoughts that they have that they believe. To be true. Yes. Well, let me ask you this. I just want to go and that's back. Not, I, it's we not do have some people who are commenting. Control. Hi, Tina. Lori says, I don't think it's about getting there, which, yeah, that's what I said at the beginning. You're right. It's, that's not a fair thing to say getting there because some people suffer from clinical depression. It's a constant battle. Yes. Yeah. Hi, Cruz. Thank you for joining us. So, um, so I guess from what what I want to know is what's what causes it? Is there an event that causes it? Um, is it something you have genetically from 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 childhood, or can it be a, it, a series of things? All different things cause. Well, okay. So when you say what causes it, mm -hmm. what causes depression, or what causes suicide? Suicide can be brought on by one of the big things we see is chemicals. Mm -hmm. alcohol, drugs, people that are in the um, AA, NA, they see a lot of their friends kill like themselves. Like my brother, he suffers from depression and he suffers right. with alcohol. So it kind of like comes like which comes first, the chicken or the egg. So we do see it a lot with substance abuse yeah. and we see it a lot with depression. What causes depression? Depression can be, you can be not depressed your whole life. Mm -hmm. And I hate to say this to all the women my age, but people get hit with hormonal changes, menopause, and wham, they're dealing with a major, major depression mm -hmm. that they've never had their whole life. That's one thing is mm -hmm. hormonal changes. And Michelle that. says anxiety leads to depression. Well, can depression cause anxiety? Yeah, I mean, it's really which comes first, the chicken or the yeah, egg. I mean, right. if you're dealing with chronic anxiety, mm -hmm. that can be depressing. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's brain chemistry, there's genetics, there's illness can cause depression, right? Mm -hmm. People who have massive heart attacks and they crack your chest and go in and do heart surgery, cross the board, most of those people have depression after that. Really? So it's just kind of, so things can happen that can cause depression. Mm -hmm. Physical things can change your brain chemistry. Genetics is a huge contributing piece that if you have depression in your family, family. it can strike at any point because you're predisposed to those genetics. Mm -hmm. um, and situations can lead to depression. People that are in miserable marriages for 20 years and they're just like, I can't go anywhere, I gotta be here, I need to stay for the kids, and da, da, da. Those people often find themselves in clinical depressions. They get divorced and they're dancing and singing around the house, like, they're, like it lifts for them. So, and they might need to do some things and they might even need to take an antidepressant temporarily, right. but there's a lot of different causes for depression. And then depression can definitely cause people to get to that place where they feel suicidal. And, um, and when you get to that place where you really feel like there are no other options, that brain chemistry is hard to shift. Yeah. So when yeah. people say, like my most frustrating thing to hear is people say, well, suicide is um, is selfish. Yeah. That is well, why didn't they call me That's first. infuriating right. to me because if somebody could just change it, they would. Right. Who, would who wants to destroy their family, affect their children? Their brain is telling them that they'd be better off their family would be better off, they're a burden. That is what the depression does. It gives you very dark, horrible, hopeless thoughts. 
and to maneuver that by yourself is very, very difficult. So yeah, I, I think, you know, cause instantly you go to a place of, well, were they taking something? Were they on something? I mean, in, I know in the case of Anthony Bourdain, they just recently came out and said he had no alcohol or drugs in his system. Yeah, so which is, I, that's interesting. Which is very yeah. interesting, but neither here nor there. I think what I really wanted to get out of today was really helping people recognize the signs of depression mm -hmm. so you can see it in your friends and your family. Yeah. Um, because I feel like when we hear about suicides, then it like triggers other people to think they can do it too, right? We Is that have, why we hear about it a lot in like pairs or things? It has been a very rough week in this country. Following this cover of People magazine and these two deaths, 911 is blowing up. The, in, there is a, a boost, an increase maybe for people that have been thinking about it and then it triggers that. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely, what do you want to call it, copycat or whatever Linked. it is. Yeah. When we see it in the media, when then we see more suicides mm -hmm. in the everyday world. I just yeah. want to toss the statistics real quick. 34,000 people in the United States kill themselves every year successfully. 34,000. You want to really be horrified? One million make an attempt. One million. In, and that's just in the U.S. Yes. And in Florida, we are, um, we are number 17 out of the top 20 states in the United States to have suicide. So, and it's the third, this one like literally makes my blood run dry. The third leading cause of ages 15 to 24. Mm -hmm. So please, if you are out there and you have teenagers, keep your eyes open. Mm -hmm. The third leading cause of death for 15 to 24. And I think some of that is about, as we remember, oh my gosh, our hormones, hormones. are off yeah. the charts, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, we don't have the the judgment to, mm -hmm. to understand that things in life can be temporary. So when you go through a breakup and you're 16, it feels like the end of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Or you lose a parent or something tragic happens, you can't see that you can get out of it. Right. So that plus hormones and just lack of maturity and just, it's a crazy time. So that, that population is falling through the cracks. So we have to take everyone seriously, mm -hmm. but especially, I think a lot of times with teenagers, it's like, oh God, you're so dramatic. You're yeah. just being dramatic. They just want attention. That's another one that infuriates me. If somebody wants attention and they needs attention, need they need it. Yeah. So if you're needing attention and wanting attention, then let's give them attention. Right. Um, the biggest thing I want to say um, is important for me to share is that I remember when I was a teenager, I had moments like that that felt very dark. And somebody said something to me that literally has changed that for my entire life to date. And that is somebody explained to me the temperate that, that things are temporary mm -hmm. and that the only consistent thing in life is change. And so for those people that are suffering right now with depression, that it can be treatable and that you know we do find the right medication. Um, gosh, there's even ECT, like electroshock therapy that works mm -hmm. for some people. There's, you know, there's holistic ways, there's Hippocrates Health, there's all kinds of different places that deal with mm -hmm. treating these kinds of conditions that can help people get better and some people can get completely better and not deal with it at all anymore. So that life is so temporary that change is imminent all the time. For people that are suffering with physical situations, they invent new techniques all the time, new surgeries all the time, new pain meds all the time. So people that are chronically suffering oftentimes have an ending point where they're not chronically suffering right. and there's a change that occurs. And so 
that person helped me understand that, gosh, would you want to kill yourself on a Tuesday when Wednesday they invented the cure for the thing that you're struggling with right. or that, you know, the financial people kill themselves often over finances. Mm -hmm. And yet we win lotteries, we inherit money, mm -hmm. we, we reinvent ourselves. I know people who have had bankruptcy and lost everything and they're completely rebuilt today. They've mm -hmm. done, they've started a new company. And so those types of things like to kill yourself over something that in the next week, month, year may not be an issue at all. But that, and that's the other thing I was wondering, is it, is it usually over something that happened recently? Like with my friend, like I just feel like there was nothing other than he was just in a really dark place. Again, everybody has a different Reason. story, yeah. but there, it's like there's, there can be a precipitating event. Somebody, like the perfect cocktail, the perfect storm would be maybe somebody who suffers depression throughout their life. Mm -hmm. Then they have an event that happens and they feel the depression is all over them. So they're hopeless about the event. They go through a divorce, you know, they go through a relationship breakup. That's a big trigger for people. I know we don't know what happened in these two big cases, but there's buzz about breakups and divorces and all that stuff. So we don't know what the precipitating event is, but certainly when you have depression, then any event doesn't feel like you can yeah. handle it. Feels it. like you're underwater. Feel like you're underwater. You don't feel like you can do Michelle, anything. Michelle um, makes a good point. She says suffering in silence. And I think this is the other big thing because I know that after my friend died, a lot of people were saying, God, I just wish he would have reached out yeah. to me. But I don't think people understand. And one of my friends was saying that too, that like depression prevents you from reaching out to yes. people. Like, I think that's why it's incumbent, like, for us to talk about what, what can you recognize in friends and family that mm -hmm. if they are depressive, what are the signs? And then two, what can you do to help them? You right. know, um, what can you do to kind of pull the, them out of this? And so what are some of the signs that we can notice of depression that people are not I mean, is it that they're not reaching out to you as much as they used to? A definite, isolating is a yeah. definite sign. Isolating, yeah. because you have to understand when somebody deals with chronic depression, they feel like such a burden to their loved ones. They're like, they don't want to call and tell you again, how are you doing today? Oh, it's a rough day. Mm -hmm. They feel so burdensome. And then one of the things that we do as family and friends, which is, it's just everybody's trying to do their best, but one of the things that we do is we pep talk people. Mm -hmm. You know what, you've got everything going yeah, for you. you're strong, you can you do look, this. You have a beautiful home, right. Suzanne, you have right. a pool, you have this. So it's like, we try to talk people out of their feelings, and it was mm -hmm. interesting, I read an article on this um, recently, and it was saying that when they called the hotline, the suicide hotline, what they were so refreshed about is that nobody talked them out of it. Mm -hmm. Nobody cheered them up. They just listened. Mm -hmm. They just were curious, you know, what makes you want to kill yourself and tell me more and well, that makes sense. And they just held the space for them. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's hard for us. Think about it. If my family member told me that they were thinking about this, I would want to say, you know, what you, about your children? Oh my God, what about your, you know, right. do you know what would, we would happen to us without you? We love you so much. You right. can't. And so then you're not able to hold the space for them mm -hmm. and to help them get to the other side. So one of the things Because it's is, not about, we always think it's about, right? you know, you want to make it about you and about their family and about their friends, but right. really you have to focus on them because it's their, it's their issues that they're dealing with. Absolutely. Right? And 
And I think that one of the things that you have to face is that when your loved one is talking about suicide, it is terrifying. Mm -hmm. And so the only thing you know how to do is to talk them out of it. Like all you can think of is, oh my God, if something happened to you, I would die. So, you know, we get very Pollyanna. We try to, you know, cheer them up and we try to talk them out of it or we try to shame them and say, that would be horrible. That's the most selfish act. Yeah. So that's, that's one thing that, you know, suicide hotline therapists, you know, right. please try to understand, <laughs> mm -hmm. be supportive, try to listen, listen, and yeah. then help them come up with the right solution. So the first thing you asked is warning signs. So talking about wanting to die, again, that's not a, it's not dramatic. It's not trying to seek attention. People that kill themselves talk, talk about, about it. it. They do talk about it. Most people can say that they, when somebody kills themselves, yeah, they did, they mentioned that, or they did say that five years ago, but I just didn't pay attention. So people do talk about it. They talk about feeling hopeless and helpless and having no purpose. They talk about feeling trapped in unbearable pain. They talk about being a burden to others. Oftentimes they'll start drinking and drugging more. You'll see a spike in their chemical use. Um, they can act anxious, agitated, um, they're sleeping too much or not enough, so they're describing their insomniac or they're sleeping all the time, they're isolating, they're withdrawing from their friends and family, um, or they could be rageful and super angry, um, extreme mood swings, mm -hmm. right? So that kind of behavior. And then the risk factors that are kind of go hand in hand with this is suffering from depression, having been depressed for most of your life or in and out of depression, that's a risk factor. Having a high anxiety, right? Because that, as somebody had said, like it can trigger the depression because you're dealing with the anxiety all the time. Um, alcohol or substance abuse is also a, a risk factor. Being an impulsive personality. This is why 15 to 24 is so scary mm -hmm. because as you know, our teenagers, they think about it and then they do it. And you're, yeah. we're like, why didn't what? you, did yeah. you think about it? So they're very impulsive okay. creatures, yeah. teenagers are. So in being an impulsive personality or an aggressive personality, having a history of trauma or abuse, mm -hmm. which also lends itself to deep depression. Um, major physical and chronic illness is a risk factor yeah. for that severe depression and suicidal attempt. Family history of suicide. One of the things that I've shared with people that um, are in that dark place that are parents is please don't create a legacy for your children mm -hmm. that now it's an option. Yeah. Because what we see in families is that maybe I would never think of suicide, but if my uncle did it or my mom, mom did, did it, it. Yeah. it's an option. And so as a parent, sometimes that helps people say, you know what, I can never do this. Right. because it will create an opportunity or an option for my son or my daughter to do this in 10 years or 20 years when they're struggling, right. you know? Yeah, I wondered about that with my friend last weekend because my kids were asking what was wrong and what was going on, and I was really honest with them, you know? And yeah. I said what happened, but I almost felt like I maybe shouldn't have told them, like it was a little too much for them to handle. They didn't seem to really um, process it like, really understand it yeah. but I tried to just help them understand it um, yeah pain another big issue or dealing with an addict says Michelle yeah yeah I mean addiction is very painful for the addict and it's very it's painful for, for, for the family the members yeah. yeah so feeling trapped in that um, just to finish up the risk factors recent loss of a relationship financial loss right mm -hmm. people that lose their jobs and they feel very hopeless and helpless they can't see 
any way that things are going to change financially. Um, a local cluster of suicides is a risk factor. It's actually a risk factor if they're seeing a lot of media. A lot of people media committing suicide. They feel people... brave to do it yeah, or like it's okay. It's, or... it, it just creates it as an option that is mm -hmm. a, a, valid, a valid option. Mm -hmm. Like, well, I could do this or I could do this. And so-and-so mm -hmm. did it. Seemed to work for them. Yeah. They're not suffering anymore type thing. Um, easy access to lethal means. So... Oh. Please, if you have someone in your family that you're concerned about, Don't get guns the around. weapons yeah. out of the house. Not just the guns. They're saying, you know, resources say knives, pills, yeah. meds that they can overdose on. Mm -hmm. um, I went through a very unexpected divorce and put me in a severe depression. Jessica, Absolutely. Yeah. Getting broadsided like that where you feel like you have a great life and, fine, then everything, and then everything, the sudden, bottom falls out from under right. you definitely can change your brain chemistry and put mm -hmm. you in a depression. Jessica, how are you doing today? I'm wondering, like, are things getting better for you? Are you on medication? Because I, I feel like a lot of people are scared of medication. To, yeah. to, to You know, I know that um, after my divorce, my mom even said something to me like, maybe you should just go on medication for, a, for the short term right. to kind of get you through this really difficult time. And that, you know, as someone that had never even thought about yeah. that, I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. But then I thought, well, maybe, you know, that is a valid option for a lot of people. And we don't even think about that, especially if you've never dealt with depression, these phone calls. <laughs> if somebody walks into my office mm -hmm. and they describe that they're having chronic dark thoughts mm -hmm. on a regular basis and, you know, they have a plan, they have, they've thought it through, they think about it a lot, my first line of defense is, you you have a severe clinical depression going on mm -hmm. and I'm not just going to trust that you're going to get out of it. I would like for you to see a psychiatrist yeah. and look at some form of possibly temporary medication. Yeah. Um, when we see somebody that's in a full-blown depression and they're having suicidal thoughts, that is the first line of defense is to get them to a hospital. Mm -hmm. And hospitals will often treat with medication to stabilize your brain. Mm -hmm. And in that time, that is what most people need because those dark thoughts are coming, 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 mm -hmm. coming, and it's very difficult to stop them. And so at those times, medication is often the first line of defense. And that's often what we do when we hospitalize somebody. You know, you can even have somebody Baker acted if they are wanting to harm themselves in order to get them safe for three or four days. Then we get them Baker acted, they stabilize them, and then they can release them. Yeah, Jessica David. Jessica says she is on medication, but she went a few years because she didn't want to take the medication. So, yes. yeah, I think a lot of people do that, you know, where we think we're, we're strong, we can get through this. But, um, Jessica, I'm so glad that you are um, able to get, take care of that. Uh, David says he can relate to Jessica. He was blindsided by divorce in a dark place a few years ago. Um, black box side effects from certain medications will trigger. Um, I, I'm not sure. I've not heard the black box side effect. I'm, I'm assuming she's maybe referring to um, sometimes you can have a paradoxical effect and mm -hmm. be more suicidal for medications. Right. And certainly with any medication, I mean, we're exactly. not doctors. No. But please, if you are struggling with a depression, if you mm -hmm. are struggling with, if your family member is thinking of harming themselves, medication is a fine option yeah. for a temporary time to get them out of that to get their brain chemistry because depression is an interesting thing that I've witnessed over the years being a therapist is that 
people can go in and out of it. And, mm -hmm. and certainly <clears throat> when someone is in it though, when they're deep in it to where they're having mm -hmm. suicidal thoughts, they don't come out of it on their own very often. They need some kind of intervention. Now, some people do holistic, some people do acupuncture, some people do, you know, but it's really hard to do that when you're that depressed. So a lot of times people would go to a psychiatrist, the psychiatrist will recommend a, a medication, and then when the medication kicks in, they're feeling a little better, then they're able to go back to the gym, they're able to make yeah, proper so they food, can get back. Well, it's they just can like get all off of the us. sugar, I mean, they think can do about, the things. Think about when you're not taking care of yourself, yeah. and you kind of get into a darker place. I mean, right. imagine if you have clinical depression on top right. of that, right. you're not taking care of yourself, it snowballs, you know? Right. And when you do get on medication or get back to, you can start taking care of yourself, and that makes it better. Well, because what we know, why does every doctor in America tell you to exercise? It changes your, your brain, brain chemistry. chemistry. So you, it produces those natural endorphins. So, you know, she's saying, I wasn't able to leave we the home. home at all. Yeah, if you're yeah. that depressed and that is real and that is not your fault, that is a brain chemistry, then a medication can help you leave your home and help you be less depressed. And then you can go to the gym, go to the acupuncturist, mm -hmm. go to the go you know the nutritionist <laughs> right. go to the beach right. get on vitamins right. you know go to lunch and laugh with your friends all of these things can contribute to pulling you out of that depression yeah. and then you can assess with your medical doctor psychiatrist whether or not it's okay to wean off of your medication and see if your depression has passed Everyone is different. So I do want to talk about that because um, let's say you have a friend or a loved one that you know is isolating themselves. They don't seem to be, something's not right. Right. And, but it's, you know, sometimes it's hard to get that person to open up or, or, or really to, to, to help that person. So Definitely. how, as a friend or a loved one, do you help someone going through something like this? Well, one, okay, so a couple things. One is really being like available when they do call or calling them and being a sounding board like we talked about mm -hmm. for them to talk without judging it, shaming it, stigmatizing it. Being or a cheerleader. cheerleader just <laughs> listening, right. right? So that's really, really important. The second thing is when you, I love what Jessica said, I wasn't able to leave the home. So think about if you're so depressed, when you get in that place, especially if there's illness involved too, like some people are really sick, they need an advocate. Like for you, if this was your bestie and you knew she's just like, I just, I don't even know what to do, that you go to her house, you sit with her, you say, okay, have How you been we... to a therapist? Yeah. Have you been to a psychiatrist? Let's make an appointment. Let's call this person. Mm -hmm. Let's check your insurance. Let's get you in. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if I have insurance. I don't, can I, I don't know. I will get you this appointment. Mm -hmm. I'm off on Friday. I will take you to this appointment. We will, and so you advocate, so you advocate. for them. Yeah, you, you really get, need that. You need that as a, when you're going to a doctor or a hospital a lot of times, you just need someone to be there to kind of help you through it. Yes, yeah. so to maneuver, because when you're depressed, Everything is overwhelming. We need your insurance card. We need you to check this. We need pre-authorization. What? Never mind. I'm going back to bed. I yeah. can't handle it. So if you're that friend that can call the doctor and make an appointment, take them to the appointment, help pick up the prescriptions. Once they're starting to do a little better, you know, then they'll be doing better and they can do it on their own. But advocating for that. When someone's suicidal, getting them to the hospital. Getting them to the hospital, getting them to the psychiatrist that determines whether or not they need to be hospitalized mm -hmm. or if they can start them on a course of action that's going to work fast enough. A lot of times with teenagers um, or with anybody that's highly suicidal, they say like, 
Don't leave them for 24, 48 hours. Get them to the hospital, get them to the doctor, get them on the medication, and then the doctor will advise they need to be watched for this amount of time until this med kicks in, and I'm gonna see them on this and this day. So getting them into a process that is started so that there is hope and there is an opportunity that nothing's going to happen, getting them in those safe environments under the care of people that can tell you they're fine, we're starting this medication, I assessed for suicidality, she's safe for this amount of time, or you need to stay with this person, or you need to stay with your son and keep watch for this amount of days, and then we're gonna reassess. So you wanna get to those professionals that can help um, guide you on those steps. Um, and, and be consistent with checking on yeah, them. Yeah, Jessica yes, says absolutely. be consistent with checking up on them. Yes. And David says that's so true. He said he had a few good friends that helped me with a lot of stuff and check on me yes. all the time. Yes. And I did some counseling for a year and a half. Yeah. Yes. Well, David, oh, it sounds so like you. I'm so glad you're doing better. Yeah. yeah. And that's really it. Like when I have somebody in my world, you know, even in, in my family, my personal world, I'm trying to check on them. Mm -hmm. every day hey how you doing how you doing mm -hmm. and making sure that they are under professional care that they have a therapist that they have a psychiatrist that they you know are are being surrounded by those resources yeah and yeah. you know the other thing that I find to be interesting is so, I've been I watch some of my friends social media posts and I think that is a really good <sighs> indicator of how someone is doing yeah in their life like I know you know it's not always good to judge someone's social media pages, but I will say if you if you have someone that's that you that has significantly changed the way they're posting on social media yeah. or the things they're posting, that that might be a red flag. I agree with that, and I think I have to be honest. Even myself, I mean, I hate to. <laughs> I love when pastors and preachers throw themselves under the bus, and you're like, <laughs> really? Even you think that? But like, I I I know I can get a little triggered when somebody puts something on social media and I'm like, oh, now I'm worried, like really right, did you have, but right. you know what? Yes, sometimes when you're depressed, that, that might be your only we thing outreach. to just kind of cry right. for help. And so please, if you see that, do pick up the phone and yeah. call. Hey. Yeah, don't just, just comment on that, Facebook. Yeah. Maybe you pick up the phone and right. call them. Hey, I just saw this. Are you okay? Yeah. Do, can I come over? Do you, what are you what's going on for you right now? Like do do that drive by. Do stop by and check on them because I do yeah. think that you know, like I said, I get triggered by social media just because I'm not a social media, like I didn't grow up with social media, so I'm kind of like, oh. Well, we but, didn't even grow up with the internet. Right, <laughs> I mean. So, we, we, or cell know, phones. Or phones. Like, you know. We so had let's to, just be honest here. Yeah, there was a horse and buggy involved. <gasps> we barely had television. <laughs> there, were, there were rabbit ears on our TVs. So yeah, so I, so I do get triggered by social media, but it, you're so right. It is a way that people can reach out mm -hmm. that's kind of their last ditch effort because they are so depressed or whatever yeah. so please do reach back um, just to, to say the last few risk factors because it's right what you're saying mm -hmm. stigma there's such a stigma about asking for help so mm -hmm. trying to help destigmatize that with your mm -hmm. friends family that are struggling hey listen we've all been there like reach out to me you're not a burden mm -hmm. can I take you somewhere can I do something let's get you somewhere I have a therapist let's get you a therapist like destigmatizing it um, a lack of health care is another big risk factor yeah. them feeling like they can't they who are they the gonna money, call and right? I don't have the money so if you can help in that capacity I know I'm so blessed I mean oh, I feel emotional right now um, to do a shout out to those clinicians and you know who you are that take care of my loved ones for free at a yeah. discount um, 
that, that we clinicians, we do that, you know, yeah. that we say, you know what, this is my fee, but then we get the call from somebody that says, Hey, my it's person really is struggling. Yeah. And we are like, bring them in. No yeah. charge. Like to all my clinician friends that do that for people. Thank you so much yeah. for taking care of my family, my friends, you know, and, and let's continue to do that for each other. And, and if you have a friend that's struggling and you can help and you can call a friend of a friend that's a therapist and say, yeah. can you give me a discount or can I pay you on the side? I just need this person to be taken care of. Yeah. Do that because it's not forever and it makes a significant, difference. significant difference. Yeah. And so for all those clinicians that you know who you are, that, that I make that call and say, hey, this client's in need and you say send them over no charge like you're amazing humans and yeah. thank you for doing what you do um, and then the culture of belief is another risk factor there are some cultures that believe suicide is wrong there are some cultures that believe it is noble so if you have yeah. that friend that in their culture it's noble to kill yourself so that you're not a burden you need to tune in even more yeah that's another risk factor Haley says it's unfortunate people can't pick up the phone anymore too busy it's not an excuse yeah yeah I really feel like you know we do use I'm too busy as an excuse or I have my own life and I got to deal with my own life you know yeah. but if you see someone who's really if you if you think one of your friends or your loved ones is struggling you know it really it can be the matter of life or death I mean it really can yeah. because Many times they're not gonna they're not gonna reach out, you know. Well, so oh God, I'm a basket case today. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Um, so what I can say to that discreetly is listen to your nudge. Mm -hmm. We've all had nudges, nudges. and how many of us have been so angry at ourselves that we had a nudge, but we, as you say so beautifully, Haley, get distracted. We're too busy. I'll call him tomorrow. If you get a nudge, I had a nudge recently with someone very, very dear to me, and um, I picked up the phone. I got a nudge, and I was like, huh, I'm supposed to, and it, and it was the thing that they say that saved them. So listen to your nudge and call that person that you know is struggling, and you know, just reach out. I'm thinking about you. I love you. I'm here. I don't know what you're going through, but I got this nudge. Yeah, I got a feeling. And I just, I did the I same recently okay. with a friend. I, I had this feeling that I just needed to reach out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Haley, um, Haley's one of my sorority sisters from college. She says her father killed himself when she was 14. I had oh. no idea, Haley. Ugh. Now I'm going to cry, Haley. <laughs> right. Oh, God. It's, 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 it's so hard. It I mean, especially so if, as a, you know, a, a, to have a parent. Oh. You know, to have yeah. a parent kill themselves. I, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. I want to well, ask if, Hale, if Haley would be brave enough. And if you're not comfortable, no per, no problem. But I, I have the belief system that sometimes that can create an option. Maybe people go in the opposite direction. What was your experience with suicide going forward? Did it provide an option for you? Or did, was it like, oh my gosh, I could never, never do, do that, that because of, right. like, I'm, I'm interested how yeah. people respond if you're comfortable. Yeah. Um, because and I see, you know, be... and it's so funny because Haley, and I, I haven't stayed in, oh, well, we stay in touch on Facebook, obviously, yeah. but yeah. Haley lives in Jacksonville and she was one of these people in college that's just always so bubbly and yeah. so happy and just always had a smile on her face. Yeah. And, you know, you always see those kind of people and you never think, you know that they have such pain or that she had she went through that when she was a teenager you so know, maybe you just... you're answering that um she said exactly maybe maybe you're answering that that her coping skill was to always be focus on the bright side yeah. of life because when you see the darkness of life that closely 
it terrifies you and yeah. it's like I never want to go that dark so sometimes so I think it's interesting we can react by it being an option for us or we can react by it never being an option because mm -hmm. of what we've experienced right. um, so I did you know I think we've covered like what you do so let's just say it in black and white you know reaching out connecting if you have a loved one who is really specific with a plan or talking about it getting them to a hospital, hospital. so that they could be properly assessed mm -hmm. and getting them to a psychiatrist um, you know some people I mean it's hard you're dealing with adults some people are gonna say I'm not gonna go if you some people don't know this and I, I and I I caution but but if you get a call that's scary your best friend calls you and says I'm going to kill myself you can call 911 mm -hmm. and they will show up immediately and they will assess for suicide um, suicidal ideation and they can do a Baker Act and place somebody into a hospital for three to five days to keep them safe and to assess them and to get them medicated so if you do get that scary call, you there's something you can do there too. You do want to call 911. If somebody, like sometimes, God, we can leave scary messages. You know, if somebody leaves you a scary message and you can't reach them or whatever, you can always have somebody assessed, you know? Yeah. Um, so Haley says, I was not told about it. My goal is to try to help people. I was told not to talk about it. I was told not to talk about yeah. it. And my goal is to try to help people. I love you, yeah. Suzanne. <laughs> love um, you too, Haley. Yeah, I love you too, Haley. Oh my God. Haley. I'm a gator too. So it's oh, that's one right. big family. She's a gator too. Um, but yeah, so I mean, so you were told not to talk about it, which is just oh, the most excruciating yeah. thing that anybody can go through. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, that's before Suzanne and I went on here, I was like, oh, let's tread lightly because there is so much stigma around people who have family members right. who kill themselves. And there's so much around we don't talk about it. We don't say that what it yeah. was. We, we don't even say the cause of death. It's like, oh, it was a, it may have was chemically related. It was, you know, it was yeah. a heart attack. And we just, we we're don't so talk, we, ashamed. Yeah. There's so much shame in family. Because families. I think there's a lot of guilt. I think as a family member or as a close friend, you have guilt. That, that why didn't I reach out? Like, why didn't I, um, why didn't I know? Yeah. You know, but you, you they, they don't, they, they don't want you to know. Yeah. You know, they don't want you to know. Yeah. And that's why, especially with people that seem so happy and seem to have it all together on the yeah. outside, you know, many times they're really good at hiding it. Absolutely. We're always, Absolutely. we're all good at hiding the bad, you sure. know, we're all good at hiding the dark and the scary and the sad. We're well, all you, good at that. You know, what's so interesting. You know who I'm the most worried about on social media? The people that are fantastic. Yeah. Because... We all have ups and downs, and not that I'm judging that it's not true, mm -hmm. but how often do we see that just in our personal life where, like, we're good friends and we're chatting about how hard things are, and then the next post is like, you be like, amazing! Ah! You know what I mean? Like, right, right. Right, like, look at my amazing vacation. Oh my gosh, my haircut's great. You know, right. and you're like, and you're like, oh, uh, hello. <laughs> you I'm were so crying confused. to me on the phone five minutes yeah. ago. Yeah, right. so, you know, so right. maybe that's them trying to cheer themselves up. But right. but I get more worried, like you're saying, about the people that aren't sharing yeah. that they're needing prayers yes. or that aren't sharing that they're having a difficult time. Yeah. The other thing I want to say, ask the question directly. There is so much misinformation about this. People have this idea that, gosh, if I'm at Suzanne's today and she seems kind of suicidal, don't say it because then she'll kill herself. That is the opposite of the uh, truth. If I yeah. walk in this house and you are seeming off, what I wanna do as a dear friend is say, God, you look like you're struggling. Yeah, I am struggling, it's a really rough day. 
are, you're not having thoughts of hurting yourself, are you? Are, are you wanting to hurt yourself? Do you ever have thoughts of that, Suzanne? Are you feeling like you would want to harm yourself? Are you, have you ever had thoughts of suicide? Be direct. Be direct. If you yeah. have a nudge, if you have a gut, if you're worried about somebody, please ask the question mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, that you're not going to cause somebody, but you might cause them to give you all the information you need yeah. to help them, get them safe, get them a doctor's appointment, get them hospitalized. Right. And, and it's, it's a difference between literally life and death. So mm -hmm. please don't beat around the bush. Don't be afraid you're going to trigger them right. into suicide. Ask the questions directly. directly. Yeah. yeah, that's good advice. And Haley's your biggest fan. Oh, Haley. <laughs> She's proud of well, you. Well, take care and yes. don't... I would say don't stop talking about it, you know? If, if, oh, gosh, you know, no. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's so healing to, to be about. able yeah. to talk about it and how it's impacted you and, um, you know, so I'm glad that you are able to talk about it now, even though you're told not to. Mm -hmm. All right, and don't forget, we put posted the um, National Suicide Hotline on this post, so you mm -hmm. can uh, have that number. But get, let's give it out vocally, too. What was that number, um, Shannon? So the number, is, the number is 1-800-273-8255. You also want to, um, and that is available 24-7, anytime, day or night. 1-800-273-8255. If you're local in Palm Beach County, 211 is an amazing resource, mm -hmm. so please use 211. And I also did find this number, I, I didn't check it, but I was, it was called the Trevor Project. Again, another hotline, 1-866-488-7386. The Trevor Project, I think, is, um, was, it's based on a, a teen who killed himself, I think, right? Which is what I wanted to so do. So I think that's very important. So, and don't forget to keep an eye on your on your. That's what I wanted to just, well, yeah, to just mention again yeah. with teens, a couple, you know, tips. Incur like if you're, if you're a teenager and your friend at school, tell people, never make a contract or a pact that you're not gonna tell. This mm -hmm. happens all the time in high school. I'm gonna tell you something, but you have to promise not to tell anybody. I'm gonna kill myself today. Never promise not to tell somebody. Never go into that pack. I would say, you know, even as a teenager, I cannot promise you that I'm not going to do what I need to do to protect you. I'm so sorry. I cannot promise you that, but you can share with me, but just know that I love you and I'm going to do whatever I can to help you. So I, I can't promise that. And then do seek help. Do tell the counselors. Do, do tell the parents. Do tell your parents to call their parents. Mm -hmm. Encourage your teenage friends to call the hotline because, hey, it's anonymous. They can call it at any time. Offer reassurance encourage them to stay away from chemicals when they're feeling suicidal. I'm shocked. The reason I said it was interesting about Anthony Bourdain is because statistically speaking, most people when they kill themselves are under uh -huh. the influence uh, so of something. something. Yeah. Um, so that's a big contributing factor. Um, don't overreact as a parent or make it like shaming or judgmental or how could you do this to me? Just get the help that they need and get them connected to those resources fast, Yeah. quickly. And if you, um, once again, if you need advice, if you um, need help, please call that National Suicide Hotline or 211. They are great resources if you want to ask specific questions. Um, don't forget, we are on YouTube. Um, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can check out all of our old episodes there. Mm -hmm. We're up to 38 now, hard to believe. Um, we are also on um, uh, you can also check out them out on our website, What Your Friends Won't Tell You. 
Um, you can also listen to all of, a, of our episodes on podcasts. I know a lot of people are going to the beach this summer or they're driving or they're at the gym and you were able to just listen to our episodes, which yeah. is a really great option if you don't have time to watch. Um, just search What Your Friends Won't Tell You um, in iTunes, Google Play, Anchor. We're on all the uh the podcast distribution services. I keep getting an email every day. They're like, oh, now you're on this and now you're on this. And I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. What, what is, what, is that, what that's is not that? a bad site, is it? What, who put us there? Right? Right. So, awesome. um, so every single day we're on some different uh, distribution service that I didn't even know about. But hey, we're out there. Yes. And we need your ideas. So if you have any show topics that you want us to talk about, please, please, please leave them in the comment section. Um, and thank you all for watching and for and, listening and for joining us live. And for those of you that are struggling, we love you. We support you and just know that tomorrow is a different day. Please yeah. reach out. You know, you are so much more loved than you can imagine. You are not a burden and your family and friends want you to be here. And, and so please reach out and find those resources. Mm. Oh, thank you, Lori. Oh, thanks, Lori. Mwah. Mwah, 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 mwah. Love you. We love you guys. <laughs> All right, take care. Bye, Bye guys. guys.